This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. God's coming after some of us. And I really believe that God has given me a message that is in order of this service. Without a shadow of a doubt, I believe that God and you can, there will be those in this room, I'm going to prophesy right now, there will be those in this room that will walk out of here disregarding what I say through the word of God. But there will be others that will respond. The, The choice will be yours today. The choice is yours. Amen. Our Sunday school classes can go at this time. I would like the young people to stay in. I apologize for the young people. But young kids, kids can go to their class. Um, but this, this message, I believe, is for our young people as well. I felt that in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Is that all right? Pastor has the trump card, right? I can, I can pull strings. I know the teachers. Open your Bibles, if you will. And uh, we're going to go to the book of Matthew and, um, and Romans chapter number 8. I feel as though that um, um, last two Sundays that I preached, I wasn't here last week. And let me just say this. Thank you to the elders, uh, to Elder Hayward, uh, to Elder Barkley, and Elder Calhoun for taking care of things. Thanks to my father for bringing an anointed message last week. And then Brother Hayward for an anointed message on Wednesday night. We give them honor. Let's give them a good hand today. Thank them for their service. Appreciate that very, very much. Matthew chapter number 7. I feel very confident in the word of the Lord here today. Amen. Verse number, chapter number 7 of the book of Matthew. Um, verse number 13. We're just going to jump right to it. Enter ye into the in, in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way. And somebody, this world will tell you that's the way to heaven. Broad is the way. That's, everybody's going to heaven. You, you go into society, Facebook says everybody goes to heaven. Instagram says everybody goes to heaven. I've been to funerals over the last couple of years. Everybody's going to heaven. The Bible says, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there will be which bewitched go, ye, go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Go to Romans chapter number 8, verse I read on Wednesday night. Um, Romans chapter 8, verse number 15. Just to let you know, I have 16 pages of notes. I will not preach all 16. Maybe God's going to wrap this up. Um, but Romans chapter 8, verse number 15. And I thank my Father for allowing the Holy Ghost to use him today. It says, for ye have not received, somebody say received, the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, 
whereby we cry, Abba, Father. What a pray. And um, I want you to pray for yourself. You know, sometimes I've, I've seen a man do this, ask, ask people to lay their hands on their own head and pray for themselves that they may receive. Maybe you need to do that. We always pray for our neighbor, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a way out sometimes. So we'll just pray for somebody else that they may receive. We need to pray for ourselves that we may receive. Come on, let's do that together in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray right now, the Shekinah glory of God. Something's about to be revealed in this house here today. Somebody is going to be changed. Somebody's going to find the gate. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, God bless you in the name of the Lord. It's a little bit warm in here. I believe that part of that is the temperature, part of that's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> the 1980s, I want you to listen to me as I minister here today. The 1980s, Gala Benefield had a job reading utility meters she was one of those people who'd go house to house have you ever seen a utility meter person go to house to house and check for gas or for the gas or electric company this was a small town in Libby Montana Gala did most of her work in the middle of the day many of us don't see these people wandering around at night they usually come during the day because they also work that nine to five job and after a couple months on the job she started to notice something very weird in the city. A lot of people were actually home in the middle of the day. A lot of them had oxygen tanks. She saw all these people at home on oxygen tanks and thought, that doesn't make much sense. Why are people at home in the middle of the day? Why are people at home in the day and why are they on oxygen tanks? These were people that were not old enough normally to be on oxygen tanks. They were all kind of in their late 40s and early 50s. She thought they shouldn't be retired. They shouldn't be on oxygen tanks. Not that retirement requires you to have an oxygen tank. Um, thank the Lord for that. Uh, then her father died at a young age. And then her mother died at a young age. You see, her mother came from a stock that, you know, that was still... Uh, uh, people in her family were still dancing into the 1990s. Not the 1990s, but while into their 90s. Her, her lineage said that people lived a long time. People had a long life in her family, so something did not make sense that her mother and her father had died. None of this made sense to her. Gayla became convinced that something was wrong in this city. And there had there that she needed to figure it out so she could warn somebody about what was going on. Why were people dying prematurely? She researched and looked over every piece of the town. The town she noticed and remembered that had a vermiculite mine in this town. Vermiculite was used for soil conditioner just to make plants grow faster and better to make the town look great. Vermiculite was used to insulate lofts. Huge amounts of it put under the roof to keep the houses warm during a long 
Montana winters. Vermiculite was in the playground. It was in the football grounds. It was at the skating rink. It was at everybody's home. It was at the drugstore. It was at the grocery store. What she didn't uh, what she didn't learn until she started working on the problem is that vermiculite is a very toxic form of asbestos. When she figured out the puzzle, she started telling everyone she, could, she knew what had happened, what had been done to her parents and to the people that she saw on oxygen tanks at home in the afternoons, but actually nobody wanted to know. Nobody wanted to know the truth of the town. Nobody wanted to know. In fact, she became so annoying as she kept insisting on telling this story to her neighbors, to her friends, to other people in the community, that eventually a bunch of them got together and they made a bumper sticker saying, yes, I'm from Libby, Montana, and no, I do not have asbestos. But Gala didn't stop. She kept doing research. The advent of the internet definitely helped her during this time. She talked to anybody she could. She argued and argued. And finally she struck lucky when a researcher from outside of the city came through town studying the history of mines in the area. She told him of her story and at first he didn't believe her. But of course, like most researchers, he went back to Seattle. And he did his own research and realized that she was right. The company that owned the mine offered Gala a bunch of money to keep quiet. But she refused. And she kept thinking about her own two granddaughters who watched her mom die of asbestos. There were, they, they, they were there when she died and they watched her slowly suffocate for a year and a half until she couldn't breathe anymore. A year later, their grandparents on their father's side were both diagnosed. And here was these little girls that were 8 and 10 years old. And they were completely panic-stricken about what was going on in this town. They would come to me and they'd say, as Benefield would say, she said, they would come to me and they'd say, are we going to die of this too? Is this same thing that mama and daddy struggled with? The same sicknesses that they had, am I going to die as well? She could not give an honest answer. She says, well, I hope not, but if it's up to me, you are not going to die from this. Nevertheless, people still didn't want to know. They said things, well, if it were really dangerous, someone would have told us. Gail, if, if this was really a problem, somebody would have told us. Speaking to the person that was telling them the truth. If that's really why everyone was dying, the doctors would have told us. But still, Gala went on. Finally, she succeeded in getting a federal agency to come to the town to screen inhabitants of the town of 15,000 people. And what they discovered in this town was that the town had a mortality rate of 80 times higher than anywhere else in the United States. Well, a government cleanup was ordered. The company that owned the mine eventually went bankrupt. And a bestest clinic was opened. And to this day, you can research it yourself. New patients are being treated there. And what she did by speaking out with so much courage 
and she, she began to minister and tried to tell people of the, she, she, but she still noticed something that was very extraordinary, that people still did not want to admit that they had asbestos. A reporter went to the town and went to the clinic and watched, and she watched people go in the back door of the clinic so they would not be have to say that Gala was right. They did not want to admit that Gala was right all along while they wheeled in with their oxygen tanks. Many people today is what we call willful blindness in the house of God. Willful blindness is a legal term, but I believe it's a spiritual term. The Bible says the blind would leave the blind. A very dangerous place to be in. What I'm preaching to you today is that broad is the way, but narrow is the way, and few people that find it. And the reason why I believe that few people that will find the gate to heaven is because of willful blindness hear me today willful blindness well pastor what's willful blindness willful blindness is uh you can see willful let me give you an example of what willful blindness is when all the banks were handing out loans just to whoever wanted to and it was lining the pockets of the banks, but all of a sudden the, the mortgage uh, crisis happened and all these uh, loans were defaulted. They, they were making money fist over hand over fist. They were blind to the fact that they were giving people money to buy homes that really shouldn't have the money to buy the home. Willful blindness is found in epic scales across our landscape. And if I can just say this, even in the Iraq war, there was willful blindness. Somebody wanted to be right so much that they disregarded things that are actually happening or not happening. Companies that have been studied for willful blindness can be asked questions like, are there any issues that people are afraid to raise? When academics have done studies like this of corporations in the United States, what they found find is 85% of people say yes. There are things that people are fearful to say. 85% of people know there is a problem, but they won't say anything. 85%, and that's in the secular world. I truly believe that there is a condition that has seeped over into the people of the name of Jesus Christ. That we are willfully ignorant of some things. Are willfully blind of some things. Some of us in this room know the way to the salvation, but you have considered it, but you have counted yourself as willfully blind to the fact that you need Jesus Christ to go to heaven. That you need a repentant place, of uh, an altar of repentance to make it to heaven. That you need a baptism in Jesus' name to go to heaven. And that you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost to make it to heaven. And you need a, as a sold out life to make it to heaven. But few people find it because they're willfully blind. Many will not study the scriptures because they don't want to know what it takes to make it to heaven. They don't want to know what it takes to live for the Lord. Though they know where the answers are, but they're willfully blind to the answers. Many have already checked out in this message today. And you are willfully being blinded in your own spirit so that you do not have to respond to what I'm talking about here today. I feel that in the Holy Ghost. 
I feel that in the spirit right now that the people are already calculating, knowing exactly where I'm going to go in this message. And you've already made up your mind that today is not your day. But I'm going to plant a seed of faith today and say, I'm going to come against that and say, that spirit of fear that's upon you, I'm going to give you the spirit of faith. That God wants to endue you with power. God wants to endue you with the spirit of, of righteousness. And God wants to get cast out that spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus Christ. A researcher said, willful blindness. She went to all kinds of countries across the world. All different businesses across the world and tried to duplicate this research in Europe, asking all the same questions. And she found exactly the same number, that 85% of companies, there was willful blindness in those companies. And what's really interesting is that when she went to companies in Switzerland, the same problem was, was and the Swiss people, they said, well, this is just a Swiss problem. So she went to Germany, and they said, oh, yes, this is a German disease. And, and when you go to, to England, and oh, yeah, this is just the British are real bad about this. But the truth of the matter is, this is a human problem problem not a company problem it's a human problem willfully blind so when you come across people who aren't in the 85 percent the 15 percent have the courage to speak up and I'm not saying the broad is the gate for the 85 percent and few be the 15 percent but what I'm trying to say here today is that there needs to be a group of people that within your family, you know there's a problem and you're afraid to deal with it. And guess what it is? It's a sin problem. The asbestos of your soul is sin. Can I preach like, is this okay? We have a sin problem in this world and 85% of us are do not want to, to deal with the sin that is in our own lives. But let me be a part of the 15% here today and say God can deliver you from the bondage and the chains. God can give you freedom in the name of Jesus. Mm. I believe my father was right on the money when he began to say that there is freedom in the house today. I said there is freedom in the house today. I do not bring a doom and gloom message. What I do bring is a 15 percentile saying there is a God. And guess what? He is still on the throne. And he is still Alpha and he is still Omega. And everything in between. And my God is still victorious. And he is the King of Kings and the Lord of all lords. One woman named Gala saw a problem. And she was not afraid to call out. Some of us have problems in our families, but we're afraid to, to rock the ship. Some of us are afraid to just to speak out. Some of us are afraid of what people are going to say. Who cares what people are going to say? I want to be saved. I want to make it to heaven. I want to be a part of that 15% that makes heaven my home. Asbestos ran rampant through that town. And what I fear today in this house and across the landscape of our community and this country is there is a sin problem. It's not a political problem. Hear me today. It's not a political problem. You can vote for who you want. And I'm not going to say who you to vote for and not vote for. But what we have is a sin problem. And whoever's in office, whether it be in a council member, all the way to the United States presidency, I'm going to pray for them that the sin that's in their life, then they be purified by the power of the Holy Ghost. 
There's a sin problem. That's what we have. But Gala was not afraid to speak out about the sin problem or the asbestos problem. She was a part of that 15%. You say Gala was not anybody special. She was not anybody that, uh, that just had a high degree. She was a meter reader. But she noticed something of a problem that was going on. And she began to speak up. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have got to have the heart of God and say, I see a problem with souls. Uh, I see people around me dying. I see families going down the wrong path. And let's be a voice uh, in the darkness and say, there is a sin problem. And we need Jesus. I said, we need Jesus. I said, we need Jesus. I'm going to say it again. I said, we need Jesus. I said, we need Jesus. I wish somebody would help me right now. I said, we need Jesus. I said, we need Jesus. There's an answer to a sin problem. And his name is Jesus. Jesus came because there was a sin problem. <laughs> go ahead. I ain't got time to go through what led up to that day when he came in the book of Matthew and John the Baptist declared that the Son of Man was coming and he will baptize. I may be baptizing you unto repentance, but he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Why did he say Holy Ghost and fire? Because that's the only thing that can eradicate a sin problem. I said Jesus is the answer. This is a simple message for a wonderful group of people. I said Jesus is the answer. He's the answer for the world today. When he died upon that cross, it was for sin. It was for you to live in liberty. It was for you to live a life that is righteous unto him. The devil has launched an attack upon the church. And I have used this term and I have taught about it on a Wednesday night. And maybe preached about it on Sunday. But there is a spirit of the Antichrist that we are coming against in this hour. And the spirit of the Antichrist is trying to get people into that 85 percentile, if you will, and get them going to a broad gate where everybody else is going. I don't want to go where everybody else is going. I want to be a leader and a follower of Jesus Christ. Though they slay me, yet I will trust him. you today for us to get into the element in, the, in a place of revival and get into the place of freedom and get into the place that God is reigning supreme and get into that straight gate and get into that narrow way. We have got to have the mindset that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Jesus is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Jesus is the answer for the world today. See, Jesus did not come to condemn the world. He didn't come to condemn you, and I didn't come to condemn you. He came to bring life. I said he came to bring life. 
and joy and peace and long-suffering and temperance. Oh, the wonderful fruit of his spirit. He wants to give somebody joy today. He wants to give somebody power today. He wants to give somebody love today. He wants to give somebody freedom today. And it comes through the name of Jesus. But I am preaching against willful blindness. I'm going to go to 2 Timothy and kind of just do a small repeat, if you will, upon Paul's last testament to the body of believers. And those of you who were here on Wednesday night in class, I'm going to just ramp that up just a little bit and just kind of talk to you just, uh, just a few more moments about what Paul was telling. And let me clarify something that those of you there had on Wednesday night. This was not just for Timothy. reminded by Elder Haywood that this was not just for Timothy, that this was for the body of believers. And as a body of believers, we have to start walking in faith. He says, Timothy, verse number 6, 2 Timothy chapter number 1, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Ladies and gentlemen, God did not come, robe himself in flesh, give us a name that is above every name to give us fear. I have come to die on the cross to give you fear. not what Jesus did. What the devil wants to do is to give you fear. The devil wants you to be the one that is afraid to speak out for the name of Jesus. The devil wants you to be the one that has the spirit of fear. But Jesus came, as Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, I want you to have power. I want you to have love. And I want you to have a sound mind. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus came and he died on a cross, not for you to sit in the sidelines and watch everybody else do their thing. Some of us need to get beside ourselves and say, I'm going to worship God, no matter if anybody else has worshiped God. I'm going to lay hands on the sick even though nobody else has faith. Because Paul says we have to walk in power. God does not want to give you fear. He wants to get you to the place where you're walking in power. He wants you to get you to the place to walking in love and with a sound mind. I don't know about you, but when I received the gift of the Holy Ghost, that was just a taste of the power of God. But the more I get to know who Jesus is, the more I study his word, the more I'm around people of the name, I receive power. I receive confidence. I receive the words of God and fear has to leave. Fear has to leave when you receive power. This word power here in the scripture, it deals with not the miraculous power. It's about walking in power. Before the miracle is done, I know God has already done it. Before the work is done, I already know that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. God wants to give you power. God wants to give you love. God wants to give you the kind of love 
that she'll love everybody. It doesn't matter if they despise you. It doesn't matter if they hate you. It doesn't matter what they said about you. I'm still going to love you. Guess what? You can say what you want about me. I love you. Let me go over this side. It doesn't matter what you say about me. I love you. What's this really hitting a wall here? I figure somebody say we love you back. But I'm just saying, I, I, I won't, it doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter if the person cuts me off. It doesn't matter what happens at the marketplace or school or around the neighborhood. I still love them. Why? Because I have put on the power and the love of Jesus Christ. And no matter who comes in my life, I shall love them. With everything that I have in the Bible says they will put on a sound mind. In other words, sound in doctrine, sound in what I believe. How can you put on sound doctrine or put on a sound mind? Well, let me introduce you to the Bible. Somebody says, Lord, speak to me. He said, I did. Lord, speak to me. I need a word. I gave you a word that's forever settled. That's eternal. That is alive and well. But many of us are willfully blind to the word. And we're just walking around trying to fill the void. Here's a void filler right here. It's called the word of God. Take a little dose of the word of God. And do not stop on the dose of the word of God. Because in that daily dose of the word comes a sound mind. Comes a made up mind. We get... I just got an amen. Camden. See, the bestest problem is everywhere. Sometimes we'll say, well, my sin problem is when I go to here and it's working there, all just problems, and, there, and that's where I'm, that, that's where, that's where I'm keep falling into sin. But the story of this bestest, it goes everywhere, just like sin does. Bible in the book of James, it says, sin lieth and knocketh at the door. And, and, and you can choose whether to let it in to your life, and your life is your home. Wherever you go and sin is in your life, wherever you go, that's where sin is. And we can be willfully blind to that sin. We can be willfully blind to those, th those thoughts, willfully blind to, uh, uh, I don't want to get too specific here. But I'm just here to tell you today that you can be willfully blind to the sin that's in your life. I'm coming against that. I'm bringing the light to the things that you want to deal with, but you do not have the will to do it. And that's where elders and brothers and sisters, they can lay hands on you. And by the power of the Holy Ghost and by the name of Jesus Christ, where you are weak, we can help you become strong. Through the power and the presence of God. Because Paul said to Timothy, I wish that I could lay hands on you. Said, Timothy, because you're going to come up against things that are strong, that are mighty in this world. And you need the garment of praise. You need the garment of love. You need the garment of power. And you need the garment of a sound mind. Anybody understand what I'm talking about here today? six pages here we go I'm going to pray right now God 
Ishartaya Mokoshoto Yamaha. Ishartaya Mokoshoto Yamaha. Lord, there are professional saints in this room that have been willfully blind to things in their life. I come against it right now in the name of the Lord. I don't care if we have to sneak in the back door of the clinic. Long as we receive salvation. But I understand your word says you got to come boldly to the throne. And say, Lord, this is what I have. I'm sorry for my wrongdoings. I'm ready to make things right. I'm ready to lay my life down for you. There are many people that are lost sitting on the pew. You're faithful to church, but you can't be faithful to God. That's a problem. That's a sin problem. That's a, it's a problem in our life. That we, we, we're not making God a priority. We're not making Jesus the Lord. And we're not being a good servant or a good follower of him. Let me tell you today, as a pastor, as Paul, if I can take on the mind of Paul as he was preaching and talking to Timothy, let me put on Paul's mind to admonish this group of believers here today. And do not be willfully blind of the things that are going to come in your life and say, I'll just take care of it. I'll just handle it. No, you need to put on the power of the Lord of Jesus Christ. And you need to fan that into flame, which God has given unto you. Let's stand together right now. I want to say something right now when it comes to salvation and to live from the Lord. There are many in this room, and I'm not just talking salvation. I'm talking about God has called you for a purpose. God has called you. Many of you, we've talked about a calling upon your life. And what we can do is get willfully blind to that call. We know it's there. We just don't want to exercise it. When the Bible says in Matthew 7, verse number 14, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, but few be that find it. Many of us are willfully blind to finding it. We know it's in the word, but we don't want to look for it. That's the issue. Bible says, few be that find it. Find it. So what I'm saying as the pastor of this church, I want you to find it. Don't be willfully blind to it. Find your calling. You say, God, pastor, how do I find it? Well, it's right here in his word. You stop praying. It'll be confirmed with an elder and confirmed through the pastor. If God has a call on your life, it will be confirmed through your leadership. It will be confirmed through the word of God. What we can do is we, and I was this way when I was a young man. God called me when I was 12 and 13 years of age into the ministry. But I became willfully blind to it. I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to. I grew up in a pastor's home. I wanted nothing to do with ministry. So I became wealthy blind to it. But until I got God for myself and understood what God wanted to do in my life, and I may not be perfect, but I don't want to be willfully blind to the call that God has on my life. There are talents in this church unmatched in this community. Well, pastor, there's other churches that are bigger. It doesn't matter the size of the church. It matters the power of the church and the unity of the church. And people that are not ashamed, not ashamed to say, God has something for me. And I'm not ashamed to look 
for what he has for me. Narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. So I guess there is a title today is to find it. Find it. Search for it. Know it. If you don't know it, all there is to know about salvation, it's right here in the Word. Make a phone call to an elder. Make a phone call to me, and we'll help you look for it. We'll search for it with you. We will help you understand what it means to be saved. And if it's a call, we will help you uncover that God-given call upon your life because we are in a place that we need to make sure we're on the right path, and we need to make sure we're on the path that is lit by the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's pray right now. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.